As you'd be aware, we have laws that protect significant trees across Adelaide, across the state, including obviously large trees with wide girths. They have to be, I think, several metres across or whatever the exact ruling is. Occasionally, though, we even build shopping centres around them. Not successfully in in the past, but I suppose A for effort. Uh, The state government wants to increase the urban canopy by 20% over the next couple of decades. And the proposal now is to link trees to animal life. So depending if they're home to a, a species of bird or perhaps even bat populations, the trees would be deemed to be significant as a means to heading us towards that uh, that target. Let's talk to urban ecologist. He's also a professor of biology, but chair of Green Adelaide as well. Chris Daniels, well-known man about uh, town in terms of uh, saving plants and all the rest. Hello, Chris. How are you? Very well, thank you, Matthew. Thank you for having me on. Tell me about your proposal about saving uh, pear trees, which are in Lee Street in the city. Well, they're a beautiful example of the incredible relationships that uh, introduced plants can develop with our native animals and for our enjoyment. Now, we know that we live in an unusual uh, urban forest, really, here in Adelaide, which is a mixture of native plants and introduced plants that have been brought in for a whole range of of different reasons over the last uh, couple of hundred years. The example that I really like is Lee Street. It's probably my favourite street as a a place to go to relax, unwind, have something to eat and a drink and so forth, as it is for many South Australians. But in the middle of it are about four calorie pear trees. And these are sort of nondescript looking introduced trees, but they've become home to between two and 5,000 tree martins. And these are beautiful little birds that uh, spend the um, winter months up in the north and come here over summer. They whiz off to St Kilda wetlands to feed on the mosquitoes and the midges and so forth, so do a lot of good. And then they roost in these trees at night. So you can sit there and have your coffee or wine and watch these birds come in. And, of course, the peregrine falcons are the big aggressive birds that um, roost in the city, in the tall buildings come down and feast upon them as well. So you've got this aerial dogfight going on above it. But it's in the heart of the city. That's yeah, it, it's extraordinary. <laughs> so, so in your view, these trees then would be significant because they're home to these birds. Where else would they roost? I, I suppose they'd find somewhere, wouldn't they? But uh, in the meantime, there they are. Well, they've chosen this spot probably because it gives them a bit of extra security from, from other birds. But it's a good example that trees can be really important, not just because they're really, really big, but because they serve other functions. So here they're supporting a beautiful um, species of birds and, um, in fact, a number of species of birds. So they do a range of things. And it's not all about the size, all about the diameter of the trunk, but it's about the canopy, the type of tree, and what else they do to support ecology and wildlife. Mm. So uh, there must be many examples of this around Adelaide. Yeah, one of the really interesting things that when we look at parts of the urban forest, whether they be remnant vegetation or whether they be uh, introduced trees uh, such as Morton Bay figs, which have an enormous role to play in providing food for the grey-headed flying fox, or even some of our big pine trees provide food for yellow-tailed black cockatoos, sulphur-crested cockatoos and so forth. So there's this growing relationship between introduced and native species um, and uh, native species of animals that are here. And they provide us with a lot of joy, with a lot of 
engagement with nature in our own backyard. So now the canopy, this this increase of twenty percent over the next two decades, what is that relating to? Because for most of us, we we see the canopy from the ground. Unless you're in a hot air balloon or a helicopter, you're not really or, or Google Earth, I suppose these days. You're not really aware of what the canopy looks like unless you're up high somewhere, like at Mount Lofty. So, uh, increase is it? What are we measuring that against? Yeah, it's a it's quite a challenge for a place like Adelaide because we have such a variation in canopy across the the entire metropolitan area. You know, we're a big city, some ninety kilometres long by forty kilometres wide at the widest point, and the extent of the trees vary enormously. So, if you're in Burnside or Mitcham, for example, the tree canopy is about fifty percent, and if you do look down from Windy Point um, or from Mount Lofty, you can barely see the roads in those sorts of areas. Mm. But then when you move to the west and to the north, and also to some areas of the, the south, which were very extensively cleared for farming and for other purposes, um, all were originally grassland, there's not many trees. So that area is often well below the, the acceptable limit, which is around 30%. And so those areas need to be prioritised to recover. At the same time, we also need to think about protecting the important native species in our leafy areas species like uh, river red gum, uh, grey box, pink gum and so forth. So there's a, a lot to think about. Uh, we at Green Adelaide have been doing a, a major study looking at the extent of the canopy by taking photographs from above and relating it to the heat island effect, to how much the roads and the hard surfaces uh, attract heat on days like today mm. uh, and then how much protection trees give to preventing those surfaces from heating up. It is important. And uh, uh, do you work with councils in advising on on trees? Because, I mean, there's plenty of areas where, particularly in the city, and I've mentioned this before on air, my mum lives in a street in the city that is uh, a small street, and council have planted enormous trees that have caused damage to walls and footpaths Uh and all the rest. And you think, well, okay, we need uh, need greenery, we need a canopy. Trees are good in the street for the very reason of cooling the place down in summer, which is uh, very helpful. But the trees they've planted are totally wrong for the size of the street. And you think, well, how could you make such a decision on, on council to put these whopping great big trees in a place with old houses and, uh, um, and, and brick walls in cases and all the rest that just do more damage than good, ultimately? Yeah, it's a really big challenge, isn't it, Matthew? We work very closely with all 17 of our councils and we provide Cooler Green Wilder grants to councils um, to support their tree planting efforts. And we are developing a plant selector to make sure it's the right tree in the right place for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Yet you're spot on. You wouldn't put a Morton Bay fig tree in a narrow laneway. Uh, and <laughs> there are lots of very, very odd um, trees around the place just like that. In fact, you can see some in Hyde Park and uh, whatever, which are clearly left over from a, a different time. Yeah. So it is about getting the right tree in the right place and thinking about overhead power lines yes. and also underground water. So we work with um, SAPN and also SA Water to really get the right trees in the right spots. Councils have an enormous challenge because, yes, they do want to shade their roads, but no, they don't want to damage infrastructure. So, And also, of course, developers have similar challenges. So yeah. how, do we, how do we make sure that there are um, trees in, in the footpaths in the front and backyard that they're the right tree for the right development. 
Chris, do you agree with the Unley Council that is proposing a uh, a fee, a rate increase for people who uh, don't uh, develop a land a piece of land and don't have enough greenery on it in terms of uh, tree planting and all the rest? Well, Unley Council, along with um, a number of councils, actually are really losing their their tree canopy um, through infill development. And that's going to happen. It's going to continue to happen and creates an enormous challenge. Many of our councils have less than 5% open, open space. So there's nowhere to put new trees. So we wind up with more and more people in areas with less and less greenery. So that creates some real challenges. Unley Council, I know Prospect Council and a range of others are developing some sort of out-of-the-box thinking to encourage either developers to include trees uh, or to have a, a, a greening space along a road. Um, so having money put into that for purchasing land. Uh, there's a number of various options. Adopting trees in footpaths, rethinking the way we do footpaths and, and even roads. These are all options that many councils are developing and Green Adelaide certainly is supporting them so that we can match urban infill whilst retaining or improving our uh, urban canopy. All right. It's a very tricky uh, and complex um, set of activities, but it's something that has to be done. All right. Now, you, you mentioned the tree martins in Lee Street. People are asking, what about possums and, and koalas? I suppose koalas are fairly nomadic. They they wander around, don't they? But uh, co- uh, possums might uh, nest in a tree and suddenly that tree's gone. Well, it is it is a challenge, yes, for, uh, for uh, koalas, possums and people. Um, Possums and koalas are incredibly loved by, by community and individuals up until they wind up having one in their fruit yes. tree or in their root. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, then they're not so, so popular. So how we manage um, urban wildlife is, is really important. I mean, we love to see the possum come and take a piece of apple on your, your balcony, but mm. then we can't stand them in our roofs in the, in, exactly. the, in, the, in the middle of the night. So yeah. we, we have to get that balance right. Having more trees, of course, that's where possums and koalas like to be yeah. um, and to, to spread them around. Would, Both would, of those species are doing well in the city at the moment. Would, would trees that they roost in, nest in, whatever, need to be protected as well in the way that you're, you're calling for the Lee, tree, Lee Street trees to be saved? Well, if you think about the koalas, for example, they were introduced into the Malothies in the 1960s and their numbers have really, really increased. Yeah. So we need to make sure they have food trees, both for their own protection and prevention from starvation, but also for the trees themselves. If you've just got a couple of food trees and you wind up with six or eight koalas in them, there won't be much left of that tree. So we we need to make sure that our urban forest is diverse and that it serves a lot of functions. We have to identify trees for for animals like that, possums and koalas, and then also have trees for other purposes and get that balance right. So there needs a lot of research, a lot of work, and it varies from spot to spot, from council area to council area, and even within some councils, you have very different demands. All right. So you've, you've put this forward to the state government to consider saving trees that are significant for animals that have a relationship, for instance, the birds in Lee Street. Uh, and uh, would you expect it to be adopted? Is that the next step in, in the process? You'll be arguing for this to happen? Well, we're, we're really arguing for a broadening of thought around why we have trees which trees are important and what should we do about it. Mm. So thinking more than just the, the one-metre diameter rule for trees, but, but also its canopy level and its role in the ecosystem in the area. And so by doing that, we can think about trees differently. And that's how we will improve not just our canopy for, for ourselves, but also for, 
for wildlife um, and particularly as climate changes. Um, but we may need to broaden our palette of trees to include a really wide range of loved trees and new trees uh, as well as protecting Indigenous species. All right. Very, very good talking with you this morning, Chris. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you very much, Matthew. Professor Chris Daniels, who is uh, Chair of Green Adelaide, urban ecologist, knows everything there is to know about the plant life uh, around the Adelaide Plains and, uh, and up in the hills as well, obviously. But uh, calling on the uh, the government to look at state laws that protect old trees, uh, the, the significant trees, the ones with big trunks, metre diameter, uh, he says that should be broadened to include smaller species like, for instance, the pear trees in Lee Street where thousands of tree martins come and roost every summer. Trees like that that have a significant uh, relationship to wildlife should also be saved, all in a bid to increase and improve Adelaide's green canopy. What are your thoughts? 1-800-150-811